Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. And we're real excited to have a guest on tonight that Becky Ann, aka My Bloody Galentine, recommended over to our podcast, which we're always thankful for that. It's Kelsey. She's the (laughs) at haunted underscore detective. Again, we say that again haunted underscore detective on TikTok. And she also has a podcast, Haunted Detective. Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to talking spooky things for spooky season i know i am sure you're the same way as me i was like if if i had a drinking game in life for every time i've said spooky season the past two weeks i would just be dead from all the alcohol i drank because every promo i cut every ad read i'm just like and it's spooky season i'm like oh my god i have to stop saying (laughs) and here i was like wow i should really redo that but i guess i guess we're in like good company (laughs) absolutely well yeah so we're really excited to have you on you have a really cool tiktok because he does a great job of gathering information whether it be haunted paranormal stories or true crime or just stories about herself but not only that kelsey has had her own haunting experiences and we can't wait to hear about those so kelsey one thing we'd love to find out about our guest is where they fall in what we call the believo meter yes it's corny and cheesy but we want to know are you a zero you don't believe in ghosts at all or are you a 10 you believe in all ghosts and everything paranormal, or are you somewhere in between? Where do you fall on that scale? Oh, I'm definitely a 10. I've seen ghosts my whole life. What was that one scene from Sixth Sense? I see dead people. That's how I always introduce my manner of believing. <laughs> if you see dead people, you obviously have some type of medium quality or you are you've been able to kind of break through that ether, the veil has been lifted, all those kind of things. But Where does your origin story start with the paranormal? And within that, why have you dedicated so much of your life to kind of spreading these stories of the paranormal? Well, this is this is going to be a bit of a ride. So I hope everyone's buckled in right now because this is a bit of a ride. Uh, It's been my whole life experiencing haunted things and living in a family that on the mother's side, didn't want to believe. And then on the father's side, just plainly doesn't believe and thinks I'm crazy for it a lot of the time. When I was very young, I used to run into my parents' room. And when I say young, I mean three to six. And I would start crying and tell them, mommy, daddy, the shadow people are dancing on the walls again. I don't know about you guys, anyone listening right now, but if that were my kid, I'd be like, okay, sweetie, we're going to go out to the garbage can with your shadow people and we're just going to stay out there because no, we're not. That's that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> and I remember very distinctly 
seeing, you know, those paper cutout people with their hands linked. I remember them seeing, seeing them moving around my wall, shadow people. That's, and then I would hear voices through my noisemaker, which, you know, what they say about white noise is that oh, it's what? kind of a, wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard this. White noise is a method of spiritual communication. Some people say, which I would happen to subscribe to that because we had this giant noisemaker in my room and I would hear like a man and woman talking through the noisemaker. And I think that's why to this day, I get really deathly agitated from white noise because I'm virtually traumatized. Well, to to go back to what you were seeing uh, from like three to six, you were saying it's kind of like the paper cutouts of not stick people, but like the people holding hands. I, you know, I know what you, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know exactly what you call that, but when you would see them kind of circling around your room, obviously that was scary. Did you ever try to interact or was it just a, a, a flight thing where you get out of the room as soon as possible? Okay. So the thing is, is that my parents spent a very long time trying to condition into me that ghosts aren't real. The afterlife isn't real. None of this stuff is real. My dad's very science-based. Uh, my mother lost her mother from a very young age, she was brutally murdered by a serial killer named Richard Cottingham. Got solved last year, actually. The thing is that my mom was always scared because her thinking was, if there are ghosts, why hasn't my mom wanted to come see me? Mm -hmm. So for a very long time, she just kind of shoved it down and shoved it away and stayed on the side of my father, which is like, ghosts aren't real. This is not real. It's all hallucination, dream states, etc. In 2021 and 2022, my mom became more open to the conversation about spirits in the afterlife and she unlocked a whole bunch of memories for me ones that are still progressively getting unlocked and one of those memories was the shadow people this was in 2021 i believe where she was like yeah you know you used to run into our room saying that shadow people are dancing on your walls and then suddenly just hit me i was like boom oh yeah oh my god that did happen so i have the memory of the action itself, what I saw, but not really what I felt or how I perceived it at the time or what I tried to do. But I will say to add to it, because this house is notoriously haunted, I was convinced that I slept with my eyes open and I called it dreaming awake. And I was like, yeah, this is just something that everyone happened. Like th that just happens to everyone. You know, you fall asleep and your eyes are open. So you can see everything around you and you can see yourself sleeping and like all this stuff. So I ended up forcing my father to film me while I was sleeping because my dad, who's a pediatrician, he's like, no, people- you like Wednesday Adams? What is happening? Or yeah, he's like, who did, I, who, who did I create? What human being is this? Um, and I remember falling asleep and watching him film me, but he showed me the video back and he was like, your eyes are closed. And I realized later on in life that whatever part of me can see ghosts, and I don't call myself a medium because I've learned that the paranormal community likes referring to people as mediums if they offer a service with it. Whereas I just live with this thing and I don't, I don't particularly like it. I find it cool, but it scares me most of the time. So I just say I see dead people. And I learned that it was kind of an arm of that where I was astral projecting, I guess. And I had no idea. I thought I was dreaming awake. You said that you had these memories kind of unlocked for you. When did these things start consciously happening for you? Does that make sense? Where the memories weren't yeah. kind of 
brought back for you? When can you look back and go, okay, I clearly remember seeing spirits or ghosts at this age and having interactions? So I have a bunch of isolated memories. I, I know conceptually. So I, I had a lot of trauma growing up. So I have, that's what I mean by like memories unlocked. There's a lot I don't remember, but the things that have kind of stuck with me are life-changing things. And one of those life-changing events was seeing my first ghost. And that was when I was 10 or 11. It's a couple years after my parents expanded the house, dug up the woods, expanded the backyard. It was a whole thing. And uh, if anyone's ever seen any horror movie, I'm going to let you fill in the blank. So I'm upstairs with my dad chatting in my room. I'm drawing. Everyone's upstairs, animals, sister, mom, dad, etc. So I realized I forgot an eraser I left in the kitchen. So I walked downstairs. When you walk down, you can turn left and look into the living room. And at this time, the way the couch was positioned, you could see part of it. I looked in and there was a man sitting on my couch and he was wearing, I would say, 19th century farmer's gear. And I just kind of looked at him and he looked at me and he did not look happy or pleased at all. And it was it was a weird experience because conceptually, I knew there wasn't a man in my house, you know? It was obvious that this wasn't a person that was alive or there. And there were many logical ways to jump to that conclusion. One of them being my parents had an alarm system that got set every night at the same time. Any window, door, et cetera, that opened, we would know. This man wasn't just hiding in our house. It's not a ginormous house. Other than those logical points, I knew, okay, I'm looking at a ghost right now. This man is not of our century. He's not of our era. This, these clothes are outdated. He has like a weird sheen, not sheen, but aesthetic to him, a look. So I just, we stared at each other and I just felt like all the blood drained out of my body. And I sprinted upstairs as fast as I could right to my dad. And this is when I learned my dad is like, not convincible. <laughs> you cannot convince this man that there is anything paranormal happening ever, but he will subscribe to aliens. Of course, like, as they do. Yeah. Yeah. So I told him, I was like, dad, I think I just saw a ghost downstairs. And I explained to him what happened. He's like, mm, you were dreaming. Are you gaslighting me right now? <laughs> I was like, so am I dreaming this conversation? He was like, no. And you're not one to like sleepwalk or anything like that, are you? No, I, I was fully awake. I had just been having a conversation with him, came back right where he was. I walked out the door, closed the door behind me, walked downstairs. The only time I've ever slept walked in my life was when I was staying at, uh, I went to boarding school and it was a very old building. We'll, we'll get into that later though, because that's a whole nother, a whole nother steep cliff to go down. <laughs> Kelsey, you have lived a life. Oh my goodness. So one thing I want to ask you about, you said that the ghost had a sheen to it. What exactly did the spirit, as far as like it's, colors look like to you did it have a skin tone was it gray what what did it look like i wouldn't call it gray i also wouldn't say it had a skin tone i you know you slap one of those instagram filters on that makes it look like a vintage photo mm -hmm. that's what I, that's the best way i could describe seeing this man the deeper colors were more present grays greens like it, it looked like a real life Instagram photo had was sitting on my couch. You had that happen at 10 
Now, did the experiences elevate in intensity or was it primarily, I kind of go around the house, I hear things and every now and then I see an apparition, which is a big deal because most people go their entire lives without ever seeing one apparition. But for somebody like you who says, I see dead people, I mean, was that kind of where it stayed or, or what happened from there? Buckle in a second or third seatbelt, whatever you want to do. <laughs> I can't move. I'm so strapped up. <laughs> I'm, I'm too strapped. Help me. <laughs> I became obsessed with like ghost hunting shows. Ghost Hunters was like my comfort show because I felt validated and understood mm. and heard that other people had this experience. And so things kept happening and they would get worse and then better and then worse. And one thing about being sensitive to the other side of the veil is that you accidentally pick up passengers wherever you go, because you have this frequency, as I describe it, I don't know how other people would, but this is my best way to describe my experience is that you have a frequency and it's like Velcro and they go Whoop, and they get stuck to you. They're like, that person knows something Whoop, right to you. And so slowly, but surely more and more spirits were in my parents' house. You know, there are a ton of other experiences. My sister saw We collect antiques too, like as a family. I collect antiquitarian books and stamps and all of this stuff. My dad collects artifacts and my mom loves antique furniture and I love antique furniture. So there, there are bound to be some passengers. And later on, I realized that some of these items that I would bring home from flea markets or antique, I guess, markets, there was one called Elephant's Trunk that was huge. And I would just go home with like boxes full of stuff. Some of this stuff made no sense to my collection, but I realized later on, I was attracted to the energy and the spirit inside of them or around them and not as much the object itself. And so things got worse <laughs> in the house. And my sister saw a lady in a blue dress and a bonnet. And to this day swears that that never happened. And she never saw that. She also is very scientific in her thinking but I think the most concrete thing that I can tell you about is for my 13th birthday, I think I had six friends staying over after we went to Six Flags in the basement. Worst place to sleep. Like, okay, we're, we all know this house is weird. We're going to go sleep in the basement now. Good thinking. So at this point in time, my dad didn't live with us. My parents were separated and my sister was always staying with her friend Zoe. So my mom was upstairs asleep. My friends and I were downstairs in the basement. One of my friends goes, okay, I'm going to go to your kitchen and get some water. Lights are out everywhere. So she gets to the bottom of the stairs and she's like, who's in your kitchen? And I was like, ha ha ha, very funny. Like thought she was messing with me because you know how it normally goes. You see a ghost and no one else sees it or you have an experience and you just have your word for people to believe you. I never thought in my life that people would share my experience at this point. So I don't believe her. So then one by one, my friends gather at the stairs. They're like, no, Kelsey, we're not kidding. There's someone in your kitchen. So I go to the stairs and I hear a man and a woman having a conversation from what sounded like behind glass. It You could tell the genders based on the infliction and tone of the voice and pitch, but you couldn't make out what they were saying. So my friends go, you're going up there. We're not going up there. So I've always had this habit of intellectualizing things. As soon as I have an experience, I try to debunk it right away. So in my brain, I go, okay, maybe my sister came home. Maybe she snuck a boy home. She turned the alarm off and we were like having fun and didn't notice somehow. I go up to the kitchen. 
pitch black, no one's there. So I start to get a little freaked out. My blood starts to feel like it's draining again. I go upstairs to my mother's room and I shake her awake. And this poor woman has trauma of her own and she starts screaming because she also would wake up to a man or a woman standing over her, but would account that to hypnotic dreams. And I asked her, is Lexi home? And she said, no, you know, she's staying at Zoe's house. So to this day, I would say that that's one of my most concrete stories from my childhood in that house. And, and that feels so concrete to you because it was a mutually shared experience. Is that the reason? You want to know what my dad said? Group hallucination. Oh, yeah. As as groups yeah. do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That happens all the time. Happened with my friends yesterday, the day before, you know, mutually hallucinating. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey, y'all. It's Noah Daniels. And oh, boy, I just got my box of Wild Grain bread and pasta. My whole family has been so excited to dive in. We started with a sourdough, and it was amazing. If you're looking to make Mother's Day brunch planning easier or just looking for a great gift for your mom, you've got to check out Wild Grain. Order before May 6th to get your box in time for Mother's Day. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. The next thing up for us to try is the biscuits with our breakfast. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. <laughs> well, once you see a spirit, is it kind of out of your life or do they tend to, does that same spirit tend to stick around? The farmer stuck around. I actually ended up acting like I was Melinda Gordon in uh, Ghost, Ghost Whisperer. And I went to the town archives at the historical center to see what the land around my house was. And it was a farm. And that was something that we vaguely knew, but we didn't know that it went as far as our property. And when you learn those things, does it, because I know you said this stuff scares you sometimes, does that bring you a little comfort to be able to, like you said, intellectualize or 
reason with the paranormal and go, okay, well, not that you can always do this, but like with a farmer, this is happening because of this. Or does that not really help at all? And you're just like, great, now I know why, but this dude's still in my house wandering around in his overalls. Let me put it this way. You know how you have fight, flight, or freeze? Mm-hmm. My body goes, you're going to flight today, bitch. <laughs> like in more recent times, every time I've gone ghost hunting and there's been any sort of scary thing that's happened. I did it in front of 5,000 people at the Warner Brothers lot on a live stream. I was supposed to be the expert. And then something happened and I scream, jump and run and occasionally hide. Uh, it's like you're a uh, drop and roll, like when you catch on fire. So, th- So you were a teenager when that was happening. Are you s- still actively seeing spirits or did that? kind of die off for you as you got older i around the age of was it 14 and 15 at some point in the end of middle school or beginning of high school i started seeing a shaman um this is gonna sound sus he owned a dry cleaners and he would help people with their spiritual problems out of the back of the dry cleaner and for privacy's sake i'm gonna call him Bobby, which is a fake name. Bobby, as we're going to call him, claims that uh, when he lived in Korea, which is where he grew up and spent most of his life, he served in the military there. He learned how to be a shaman from an older man who was in a cave or something. There was a, a little bit of a language barrier. So the thing about Bobby is that he was legit. And He had us do this thing once. My mom, this is when she kind of started believing, where he sat us down in the back room. We didn't drink anything. We didn't eat anything. There were no weird smells in the place. And he said, okay, I'm going to take in the spirit of the person that's haunting you, both of you, because you both have spirits attached to you. And my face is going to transform into them. So we're going to go through some meditation, deep breathing, and then you're going to look at me. And you can blink when I tell you to blink. And his face transformed into my grandfather. And then the farmer and hearing myself say it out loud, it sounds fake. My mom hightailed it out there and she went back every so often with me. I had a very close family friend that was like a second parental figure to me that also went there. So she trusted me with this person and learned to trust Bobby and that whole community there, which was three or four of us. But in another instance, Bobby At this point in my life, I didn't know my grandmother was murdered. I was told she died in a car accident, and my mom was unsure how or when to tell me the truth. She didn't want me to be scared of the world. So Bobby pulled her aside, and out of everyone's earshot, he says, I know what happened to your mother. She said she died in a car accident. That's what everyone knew. That's what everyone knew happened in her life. Me, my sister, my my dad knew because they've been together since they were 16. Everyone thought that my grandmother died in a car accident. He goes, I know what happened. And she's like, what do you mean she died in a car accident? He was like, no, she was murdered. But uh, I know you're trying to figure out a way to tell Kelsey and it's not time yet. You'll know when it's time. You'll have guidance. You'll have support and you'll have help. And you will not have to question whether or not you should tell her. Oh my God. And after that, my mom never went back. It got too real. Yeah. So he helped me in the beginning, accept my ability, not be afraid of it and keep myself open. And then into later years, I was kind of told by my parents, this was, you know, before 
believing in ghosts and the paranormal became less of a taboo like it has in the past several years. I think with social media and with TikTok, it's become easier for people to speak about it without being ostracized by their community. And that's very much what I was threatened with from my family is they didn't believe, I can't believe. So, you know, I grew up in and out of therapy and none of the therapists were like, okay, there's something wrong with you. They were like, yeah, I mean, you believe that you can do this thing. You probably can. So that always helped, but I just kind of shut it down and I didn't think about it. I didn't talk about it. And I still had experiences in that house. Like before I made my first move to a different state, there were houses in New York before I moved to California. I moved back in with them uh, when I was in transition and I would have a lot of things happen. In one instance, I had an old woman like charge me towards my bed. And in another, the apartment I lived in, I was driving and I passed a man standing in the middle of the road that had big gray joggers on, you know, those like 1980s, I'm going to go for a run and sweat kind of outfit. Mm -hmm. And after that, I would have things happen in my apartment, like drawers would open and I would close them and then they would open again. Then I'd close them, then I'd open, then they'd open again. And it was at that point with that spirit coming into my life that I started to re-examine okay, I can do this thing. This isn't that bad. I'm not crazy. And on top of that, I met one of my best friends and she was very open. So we kind of in, I would say 2019, together me and her explored the side of our belief system. And I think through that, I was able to open myself back up again. Okay. So many questions about so many things. I can just hear the audience right now going, you better ask her about Bobby and those faces. So don't fret audience. That's where we're headed. The shaman you went to one, did it help? Like did those, uh, I think you said it was your grandfather and then the farmer did, were those spirits kind of put to peace and, and stop haunting the home or did the hauntings or interactions still take place? So at this point in my life, um, I think my grandfather was very much an attachment on my mother. And I'm he came to the house once and he was able to pinpoint some of the rooms where I knew there were spirits without me telling him anything. But I mean, there was so much going on at that point. It was less about clearing away the spirits and helping them move on and more of what is going on with Kelsey. I, I would... At that point in my life, I had started doing this thing where I could touch an antique or an object with a traumatic past and see something that happened or whatever traumatic event was associated with the energy of that object. And so he was helping me not do that without my permission or consent and and helping me not be afraid. And he was very good at what he, he did. And I think after a while, he would get reached out to by families and ask they would ask for energy healing and, you know, for sick loved ones or whatever. And Reiki and energy healing cannot replace modern day medicine. If someone is terminally diagnosed with cancer, there was, there was no misconception there that he was going to save this person. But I think it started wearing on him after a while that, you know, he was brought in to like give spiritual guidance to these people and give them peace. And eventually it just took its toll and he doesn't, do the shamanism anymore. So do you feel like by going to him, was he kind of a conduit of 
confirmation for you that what was happening to you was happening to you to give you some peace in that way instead of more so of just removing it from your life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was the point in my life where I was going through the most significant trauma. And for the next couple years, it would be the most traumatic years of my life. It helped to have that sort of acceptance for that side of me. And I remarked on this on a TikTok live stream once and to my mother, when I stopped accepting that part of myself and I stopped saying, okay, I am a spiritual person. I am a sensitive person. I can see these things and experience these things. When I shoved all that down, I felt like I lost a part of myself. I do want to dive back into the moment that you're going to Bobby. It sounds like it was the first time. Was it the first time when you saw the faces and his face and everything? Yeah, that was the first time ever meeting him. I would venture to say while seeing a ghost is a pretty intense experience. It can also be kind of isolating. And as you said, usually something that happens to you by yourself. I would think that seeing another person take on the features of deceased people who may be haunting you is a whole nother experience in and of itself. So once you see this, your mom leaves, what happens? I mean, I mean, you, you see this take place. Did you immediately accept what you had just seen? Did you question if it even happened? Did you feel religious? Like that, that's one of those, I feel like life-changing experiences to witness. And I just wonder if it's only life-changing for people who haven't also experienced like a hundred other intense things, or is it life-changing for anybody to experience? I mean, like what, what was your mentality during that? And after that, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah. Um, so to sidetrack really quickly for the listeners who aren't aware of the history of shamanism, right? It goes all over the world. There are stories spanning generations and centuries of shamans shape-shifting, whether it's Slavic shamanism, indigenous shamanism, or medicine man work. There are tons of, I guess, spiritual texts and stories through word of mouth or written, whatever, of these shamans shape-shifting. And there's one I remember reading about a man turning his hand into a bear paw, or, you know, if you've ever seen the Disney movie Brother Bear, the shape-shifting the main character does into the bear, that is a subtle nod to Inuit shamanism or whatever. They they were in Alaska, I believe, or or somewhere with an indigenous culture. I don't believe they were in North America. So if you're curious about shamanism and you're listening to this, it's definitely a very fascinating subject matter to research. But to answer your question, I don't remember a lot. I'm going to be completely honest. Like, as I previously mentioned, this was the hardest time in my life. And this was kind of just the sliver of peace that I had. And I don't remember what I experienced. I think it had to have been some sort of relief. You know, I went back there multiple times a week. It's why I love kimchi jjigae or kimchi stews because Bobby used to bring in homemade uh, kimchi jjigae that his wife and mother would make and we would eat it. And it was really good. And that was like my first introduction to authentic real Korean food. And I still love it. So obviously there's some sort of positive association there. 
Well, thank you for sharing all of that. You, I think, under-promised and over-delivered when you said in your your direct message, I have some haunted house stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. You have some haunted person stories. <laughs> I'm haunted. So yeah, when I was looking at your TikTok, which is um, haunted underscore detective, obviously you have a great passion for the paranormal and true crime. You take a lot of this information in and spend a lot of time detailing it uh, in a very um, digestible way for the you know your viewers on TikTok. All your life experiences with the paranormal is that what? created this huge passion to share because it's it's something you can relate to or, or what really pushed you to create such good quality content to share online thank you <laughs> um you know i think that tiktok was a big part of my journey in being comfortable with who i was you know i said i started that journey back again in like 2019 and then really really fell back into it uh, around 2020 I would say uh, the beginning of 2021, maybe. And, you know, TikTok is just, it's been a great resource for me. You know, one of my really good friends on there, Scotty the Medium, incredible, incredible medium worker. So he's helped me become more comfortable too. And he's been helping me like train this ability and understand it. And now I can shut it down when I want to. And right now it's shut down because I don't want it right now. So I think for me, TikTok is just, it's a great platform and it's a very important platform for uncensored education, whether that's true crime, learning what's going on in the world or finding a niche community, even though I it would seem as though paranormal and ghost believers aren't as niche as they used to be, but finding that community and becoming comfortable with yourself. Uh, for a long time, my page was purely paranormal and I realized that there was more I could do and more I wanted to do. And a mutual of mine recommended, well, you know, you're fascinated with true crime and psychology. Why don't you expand into that and bleed the two together? So my my whole goal is just to build a community and not a following because everyone needs a place and needs a safe space. Yeah, I totally get that 100%. And also, I want to ask you about your podcast, uh, which is also called Haunted Detective. Is it kind of a continuation from the content you're creating on TikTok or like what can our fans expect when they check out your podcast? Oh boy, Haunted Detective is a fun journey. Fun, fun might not be the word to use. It's disturbing the content that we cover, but it's a investigative podcast. So think BuzzFeed Unsolved, Serial, Last Podcast on the Left matched together. Every season has seven episodes and it all bases around one person or unsolved mystery or crime. So season one is all about Anatoly Moskvin. He was a genius turned madman who dug children up from their graves and turned them into porcelain dolls because he claims in a press release to, he was, he's from Russia. So I guess that sort of thing happens in Russia, but Anatoly Moskvin claimed in a press release that he had been forced to posthumously, aka after death, marry a dead girl named Natasha Petrova and that her spirit haunted him and for several months then wanted him to go to a graveyard and learn black magic from her. And because of that, he became obsessed with all things, death, afterlife, languages. He was an expert 
he wrote many textbooks. He was a high, he was highly, highly regarded in the academic field in Russia. And he wrote multiple, multiple dictionaries too, which I'm not sure how you rewrite a dictionary, how that works, but our whole method to the podcast is exploring, is that really possible? Did that really happen? You know, unfortunately there are a lot of terrible things going on on that, that part of the world. So in a perfect world, I would have just flown over there and tried to find Natasha's grave to see if she was even real. But you as listeners come on a journey of discovery with us and you get to hear these stories about ghosts solving their own murders, haunted dolls, all of these comparative points and his historical things that relate to prove in a literary way, did this really happen? Is this really possible? Can someone really be haunted? Did Anatoly really marry this girl? Why did her mother force him to do that? And was her ghost really attached to him? Wow, I can't wait to check that out. I really enjoyed your TikTok. I, I've seen you actually on TikTok before, but you know how the you know how TikTok is. It's like somebody will get cycled into your algorithm. You're like, oh, I love this. And then you follow them and the TikTok's like, well, you're not going to see them for a while. <laughs> and they cycle them back in. Um, so it was really fun when you reached out because I was like, oh, I, I know who Kelsey is. And um, I had to go back and look on our show TikTok. And I was like, yeah, I, I totally know this content. So shout out to Becky for making this happen. Kelsey, thank you again so much for coming on. So with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Kelsey Childs. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.